Hello, funky listeners, and welcome back to us being in your lives. And in your ears. Welcome to Funk Radio once again. Bum bum. This is your host, Peter, and that's your host, Kyle. I'm like Dick Wolf. I write terrible crime shows. I don't know who that is. These are their stories. Uh, the guy that did Law and Order. Ah, okay. Well, I've never watched Law and Order, oh. so I wouldn't know. It's one of those shows that, like, if you've ever been homesick as a child, it's probably on during at some point during the day in syndication, so. Hmm. I think that's when I got a lot of my uh, Golden Girls exposure. <laughs> I've never actually seen an episode of Golden Girls. Oh my god, have you not? That's a great no. show. I will have to. I will have to binge it if I can find it somewhere. Hmm. You can't get enough Betty White. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of people that will inevitably die, um, <laughs> well, we'll all inevitably die. This is true. Betty White can never die, though she is immortal. What What was your transition? I did not, I totally lost it in the Betty White thing. It oh. tur- it turned into Betty White's God. <clears throat> well, someone who is dead is JFK, and he is relevant <laughs> to our. I guess kind of like the spark of this topic for today. Yes. So pretty recently, I mean, as of this recording, of I'm, I'm pretty behind on editing, so this may be a couple weeks late. But as of the time of this recording, about mid-March, there's been a little bit of news that, I, that kind of caught my eye recently. Uh, so as we all know, JFK was shot in the prime of his presidency. When he was shot in his car, like he was on his way to be giving a speech, but a lot of people don't even think about that. And obviously, that speech was never given. It was written like ahead of time, but it was never given. Um, so there was this project recently. Some audio engineers pulled all these thousands and thousands of sound bits from other speeches and other audio from him, and they um, were able to basically recreate that speech that he never gave in a way that sounds really natural. It's not robotic. It's not like a text-to-speech robotic thing that sounds like him. I mean, they actually did a legit job of taking the right sounds from different words and combining them in certain ways that it actually sounded really legit. And actually, I think we might as well play a clip of that speech here on the show just to give listeners an idea of like how natural it sounds. I am on a of this invitation to address the annual meeting of the Dallas Citizens Council, joined by the members of the Dallas Assembly, and pleased to have this opportunity to salute the Graduate Research Center of the Southwest. It is fitting that these two symbols of Dallas progress are united in the sponsorship of this meeting, for they represent the best qualities, I'm told, of leadership and learning in this city and leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. The advancement of learning depends on community leadership for financial and political support. And the products of that learning, in turn, are essential to the leadership's hopes for continued progress and prosperity. So I found this really interesting, um, just in itself, because, I mean, that's a really neat project, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something I was reading as well was... Uh, you know, with this whole thing because of the certain way that he spoke and like his certain intonation with certain words or like if a word 
was at the beginning of a sentence versus the end, like it's going to sound a little bit different. I mean, that Mm -hmm. sounds, that's kind of works for all of us. So they even kind of tried to catch some of those qualities Mm -hmm. in his voice as well to make it sound even more natural. His uh, cadence or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So the, the reason that's that whole thing is relevant to the show is that I started to think pretty quickly what are the implications of that technology as it will inevitably get better over time? What are the implications of that on music? Mm-hmm. You know, can you pull someone like Michael Jackson or Prince or whoever and say, well, he never recorded this particular song or these particular lyrics, but, you know, we wrote this new song and we want him to sing it. So then yeah. they, you know, run it through a thing. And now you got a new hit single by by Michael Jackson, True. who's been dead for probably almost a decade now. I don't know. I don't have like a lot written down. I mean, I have some like topic points that we can pull from uh, for this discussion, Kyle. But I really just wanted to like kind of shoot the shit basically and talk about like, can you do that? Like, who who ultimately owns a person's voice once they're dead? Yeah. You know, even if you are allowed to do that, should you? <laughs> and yeah. can you say it's by? prince or is it featuring prince or like how do you credit (laughs) that person's voice in a song when they didn't actually ever say it or sing it yeah very i mean the the funny thing is like we're we're talking about this as if it's some future thing that's going to happen but in a certain way it's already happened two instances i can think of when they tried to do the hologram tupac to weirdly bring him back to life Mm mm-hmm and I think they tried to do that with Prince, too. But oh, they did, yeah. Yeah, and that got a lot of backlash. Uh, and an even better example, I mean, it's a bit outside of the music realm, but bringing back dead actors in uh, instances like Star Wars. Right. They they had a young version of Carrie Fisher. I don't know if that was before or after she passed away, though. I think that was before. But mm. uh, in that Rogue One, they brought back uh, the actor that played General Tarkin, who's long been dead. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, that whole perspective is good to bring up, too. Like, should we be using someone's face, you know, in a movie, or should we be using them as a hologram? Yeah, oh, or I know. Academy Awards. I know. Like, and I think they use that same technology, at least for the hologram thing, like, audio-wise. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of backlash at, about trying to hologramize or bring back Carrie Fisher for episode nine after her untimely death. Mm. I'm hoping that whoever's directing the ninth movie does, you know, gives her the the proper respect and isn't like, we're going to CGI her into the movie. Um, right. But I wouldn't put anything past Disney. So from a, I guess trying to come at this from a music perspective, like when is a time where, people could look on it as something positive versus something negative. Like you said, like the hologram stuff had a lot of controversy, but example, for example, the JFK thing, I don't think anyone's necessarily going to think that's like a bad thing. No, in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. It just has bad implications. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I guess another good example of where this might be considered. Okay. Is if an artist has an untimely death while, writing or recording an album maybe they use this technology to kind of finish their unfinished work that might be kind of an okay you know workaround 
Right. Well, I know it's similar. Yeah, because there is a similar thing with like after someone dies, you know, uh, they either have partial uh, in a case where they have a partial album recorded or songs that they re- had recorded at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and people finish basically mixing those songs together based on those vocal recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, usually not filling in the gaps in the way that you just described. I don't think I've ever heard of that particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can see that being a little bit more widely accepted than yeah, just yeah. as flat out like a new song completely written by people who are alive and saying, hey, I want to use this person's voice. Let's do that. Exactly. But yeah, no, this 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 brings up another interesting point too. Regarding the technology is, uh, I'm sure, no doubt, Peter, you've heard recently the uh, use of this program called Deepfake, which utilizes that the Google, uh, I forget what it's called, like Google DeepMind or something. Uh, it's like some sort of mm. algorithm program where through this simple program you can upload someone's face and a video and it grafts that person's face onto the face of the person in the video to mm-hmm. create some very uh, realistic results. And people were grafting Nicolas Cage's face onto a bunch of different actors in movies. So, <laughs> Of course. Yeah, uh, it, uh. it turned into a bit of a meme, but un- unfortunately also had a very dark, dark side to it. Mm. Just like how you know, after the explosion of Photoshop, nobody can trust photos anymore. You know, all photos are fake. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's Photoshopped. Oh, that's not real. We're very quickly approaching the point where that's going to be the same case for video and for audio. Mm-hmm. So that has some kind of scary implications in that, in that respect as well. But mm-hmm. I guess getting back to the audio side of things, does, did they name what the, this program they used was for this JFK thing? Um, was it like I think proprietary? I mean I don't know if it was a program I think they were literally like manually doing it kind of yeah I, I think it was a fairly labor-intensive process that okay. they had to do very manually but um, I don't remember I can't find the exact quote at the moment but what I'm reading here uh, is that it says after isolating uh, individual sound units known as phonemes from the recordings the companies used the neural network to choose the best samples to stitch together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it looks like they did do some manual labor of like grabbing out snippets of audio, but then kind of fed it through this data system that could stitch it back together in a more realistic way than, you know, a, an editor could, I suppose. Yeah. It was kind of a mix of manual labor and AI, which is a pretty interesting process in itself. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing to see what, you know, people can achieve. With that even you know being just a part of the process, um, exactly. I didn't I didn't get the impression like I was gonna say a minute ago that I was reading you know some of what they were talking about with their own process and it I didn't get the impression that it was ridiculously difficult or oh that like it, we couldn't do it again for something else. It seems like it's reasonable that this could be done again with the amount of right amount of work. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what's to stop them from doing an unwritten, unwritten speech by uh, Martin Luther King or something. It's exactly. in a similar fashion. I don't, I don't think anyone would necessarily have a problem with that, but it's, it's, it's more like the, if this falls into the wrong hands <laughs> kind of situation, which it will. Yeah. Everything does. I mean, you and I got microphones and now look at us. <laughs> 
Yes, the inventor of the microphone never thought that uh, it would fall to people as nefarious as us. Mm-hmm. So how would, um, I guess, you know, we, we, you know, we've been talking about like, oh, a lot of people would have issues with basically releasing songs with quote unquote by somebody who had actually never sang it. Mm-hmm. Um, how would, how would you feel about that personally? If well, I can't sing, so <laughs> no, not, I'm sorry, not with your voice. I mean, like if they said, oh, Hey, here's a new Michael Jackson song, but oh, they made I, it in this process. Like would, how would, how would you personally feel about that? Personally, I think it would feel a bit hollow. I mean, any time anytime you have a company or entity using the death of a celebrity or whatever as uh, a platform t- to release something, it always seems a bit hollow. Mm. It's like, oh, they're cashing in on their death. Right. I mean, personally, I'd find it creepy. I mean, even, even if it was an artist I like, say, like you said, Michael Jackson or, I don't know, the, the guy from Nirvana or something, it's always hard to kind of... You know, how do you dance around the death of a celebrity? Do you just do you let them be, mm. or do you try to profitize off it? And you know, these record labels, especially, they're like, "Well, we got to keep making money just because they died." You know, that's why right. they, that's why they have you know great they release greatest hits albums every ten years after mm. they after they passed away and stuff. So to keep reminding you, hey, this person's dead, but they still have good music. Mm-hmm. Buy it again. Exactly. I will say, kind of in response to that stuff. Um, I, I haven't mentioned yet, but the um, the public the main publication who kind of like put forth this story about the JFK thing was uh, the Times of London, and we also found an article like a kind of almost a response article from Gizmodo that basically brought up some good points. Mm-hmm. One of them being like, when you die, can your heirs basically sell your face or your image? Because you and I actually you know earlier today, Kyle, you and I kind of talked briefly about like. Um, I think Marvin Gaye's family and their, his heirs kind of are a little yeah. Weird fight, about. They're fighting over his uh, music rights, and they're still very like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know if they're protective of it because they want to protect his legacy, or if they're protective of it because they don't want other entities to be able to profitize off it. I don't know what their mo- motivation is, but there's a lot right. of weirdness there. So yeah. So in a case like that, I mean. In a way, I mean, even without all this other, you know, recreating the voice thing, they kind of do control Marvin Gaye's image mm-hmm. um, simply as his heirs. But in the same way, would someone out like Prince's family, for example, like, I, I don't know anything about them, but like, do they have the authority to say, yes, Warner Records, you can release a new song by him using a digitally recreated version of his voice? Yeah, that. That's a good question. I, I mean, but it also comes down to like their motivations too. Like, are they doing it for money, or do they want to continue that person, that celebrity's legacy in a way that obviously is not that person, but it's kind of a continuation in a way. A, p- a point that the article makes here is actually with regards to, like you said, the rights to your face and the rights to your likeness. Surprisingly, or maybe not, maybe not so surprisingly, the laws actually vary state by state, hmm. which always makes for a fun time. And I'm sure country by country. For example, California actually has fairly strict laws with regards to privacy um, and what they call your right to publicity. Right. I'm curious if it, with with the evolution of this uh, new technology, if they're going to eventually have a, more of a a federal law regarding this kind of stuff. Um, hmm. 
Seems- I don't know. I mean, I think it would take. I think it's if they do do that, it's going to take a long time, and it's going to have a lot of like big implications. Kind of in the way that we've been talking about it mm-hmm. so far. Like as it is stands now, I don't think there's any reason for worry, but it can very. I think very quickly turn into a bigger problem. Yeah. Um, which may, yeah, maybe it will be regulated. Well, on that level. Who an, knows? I, another another interesting idea about this too is you know you you have. Already, you have this constant cry of "Oh, everything is fake news. Everything's fake." With mm. this technology, it's only going to make those cries seem more legitimate. You know, like "Oh, you can literally, right. God forbid, you could fake President Trump saying something on a video, fake his face, fake his voice, saying something even more stupid than he normally says." Uh, <laughs> You know, you can have one side that completely believes he said it. You're gonna have another side that say, "Oh, it's faked because they used some, you know, algorithm or program or whatever." Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of scary to think. You know, even with living people, that you could make them say anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's almost like a scarier thing. Shit, mm. they could do it with us. <laughs> they just. Over- <laughs> oh Jesus! They could. They just take all of our funk episodes and run them through an algorithm. and could probably make us say anything they want. <laughs> you know, it would be. Int- I was just thinking. This is kind of a tangent, but it would be interesting to have them basically run the words through of a speech that he did record, mm-hmm. and then you know generate that, and then see how that compares to how the actual speech sounded. I'd be curious, like how. Close oh, they my, are. oh, I see what you're saying. Like find a very similar one and kind of do side by side. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see how how close it is. I mean, just the little snippet I heard it. it it sounded like him. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the JFK thing, for example, that's just speech. That's not singing. I was thinking about that, too, actually. Like, there's such a difference in how people sing than to how they speak and how their voice yeah. flex. I have a feeling that would be actually a lot harder. I think it would, because um, how long ago? This was within the last 10 episodes or so, Kyle. You and I had done an episode about like different voice modulators in music. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones we talked about in that was autotune, which you might remember the original purpose of autotune was to basically correct pitch that was off during a recording, not mm-hmm. to like crank it to 11 and make it sound T- weird. T-pain you. Yeah, exactly. So in that way, I can see that maybe being used, for example, if you wanted to make JFK singing, like you could take his audio <laughs> bits and then, change the pitch so that or whatever so that it becomes singing i don't know if that's really how it works but i think you're when you're singing you're also delivering differently from how you when you just speak Mm -hmm. you know so how do you make it sound like natural natural singing versus just talking so i think yeah it would be a lot more work for them to do it to music i i'm kind of assuming that they can do it you know in time Oh, I'm sure. It's, um, it's like, I don't think well, they can do it right now. Once the cat's out of the well. bag, they're only going to make it better. So, something I very briefly mentioned at the beginning of the episode was like, who who do you credit for this song? If if you release a song in that way, is it like the DJ, the producer? That's a good question. Put it together featuring Michael Jackson. Is it Michael Jackson with an asterisk? <laughs> do you co credit the software? As a writer of the song, or not a writer, I guess, in that case, mm-hmm. it would be like a performer or something, you know, what I mean? but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, I don't know how you do that. I don't either. 
Who's it by? <laughs> Moral conundrum. I think if this became a thing in, you know, the coming years, it would be interesting to talk about again. And who knows? I mean, I, I think depending on how they go about it, I think I would be somewhat open to it with just knowing in minds like, yeah, that person's been dead for 20 years, but it's a good song. And if everyone's cool with it, then whatever. But oh, I know that also is probably a pretty controversial point of view to have. So I don't know. I don't know. What deceased artist would you most want to see brought back from the dead this way, if you had to? Mm. I want Clarence Carter. Isn't he still alive? I don't know. Let's find out. Pretty sure he's still alive. Uh, shit, he's still alive. He's 82. Oh my gosh. We Maybe killed- by the time this is a thing, he will be dead. We killed Clarence Carter. Don't say that, jeez. <laughs> Well, we I don't know. We, oh, I thought you. I thought you meant by the time this episode airs, he'll be dead. No, I meant the technology <laughs> of the whatever. Yeah, yeah. What about um, shit, the Beatle guy that got shot, uh, John Lennon. That'd be John freaky. Lennon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, or Marvin Gaye. Okay Marvin Gaye was also Marvin shot. Marvin Gaye would be another good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd I'd be interested, but it'd still freak me out, you know. Yeah, you know, I would also be interested from a, per- like, because um, I was going to say Tupac, like, would rap actually be easier to do in this way because it's more closely linked to speaking than to singing? That's a very good point. I was just thinking that as soon as you said it. Um, I, w- I would imagine that rap would be a bit easier to reproduce that cadence than singing because the individual words are so distinct. Yeah, shit. I mean, they already tried to reproduce Tupac holographically, even though they used a prior song recording of his. Like, what's to stop mm. them from adding in new songs or to have him talking right. before the song, like, but saying new words? Or or what's to stop them from Tupac giving that JFK speech? <laughs> That's a good point, too. It, you know, you could totally, like, create your own samples, you know? If you're a That's DJ true. or something, you could create your own artist samples of new stuff and put it in your yeah. music. And like at that point, would it? Yeah. Would you have to pay for royalties to that person? Would, how would that work? Huh. I mean, half of people that sam- sample don't are, don't do that anyways. So I didn't really think about it from a sampling perspective because something like. Uh like electronic music or even, yeah. know, again, hip hop, like that's a big part of it. Yeah, exactly. That's where they pull a lot of like their baseline, like music from or uh, vocals or whatever. So yeah, that would, that's an interesting thought. And I think maybe the reason that some cases, like if they didn't finish recording a song and then they re- somebody released it later, like that's usually looked upon positively. The JFK thing, I'm sure in general is looked upon positively. Maybe it's because, there's the general understanding that that person intended to say those things versus living people just kind of thrusting their own ideas onto that person's voice. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was a cool discussion. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, yeah. If you listeners have strong opinions about this, you should rant to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk. Be sure to do it in all caps. <laughs> We'll we'll say things back to you in all caps as well. Um, if you don't want to say anything to us, that's fine. Uh, you can listen to all of our archives of our voices and maybe start 
compiling digital libraries of us to make us say things. I, that kind of went off the rails, but you can go to getyourfunk.com and listen to our other episodes. That's what I was getting at. Well, that was Kyle. This is Kyle. And I'm Peter. <laughs> and this is Peter. <laughs> yes. If we if we had this technology, Kyle, I could make you say whatever I wanted. Oh my god, you could you could literally we could literally swap each other and be like, I'm Peter. We should do that one of these episodes. And, like, see if people guess that it's actually us or if it's the <laughs> the vocal technology. You know what we could do? Shit. We oh, could no. make we could make these episodes without ever having to record another session. My god. We just type We would just out. write out, like, type out, like, what we want to say. <laughs> and then just run it through a computer and there you go. Bad joke. That's probably way too soon. Do you think if Stephen Hawking had a podcast that he would just type it out and then just put it through text-to-speech? And that would be his podcast. Well, literally, I think that's the only way he could do that. <laughs> I was going to say, he's got like the easiest podcast job in the world. He just types out a script and it just reads it in his voice. Mm. Well, he he didn't even have to type, right? Wouldn't he just look at words and it would construct? I don't know. Yeah, I know he I had don't some. No, he had some like crazy ass technology towards the end to do it because he couldn't even move his mm. hands. Uh, I think it just, right. read his, it just read his brain at the end. Um, but yeah... For those of you listeners that haven't heard, haven't been living under rocks, Stephen Hawking died. That's actually a good point. His yeah. voice is already incredibly reproducible. That's true. Al- although it's really distinct. If anyone's ever had a like early two thousands Mac and used the spe- te- text to speech function, mm-hmm. it's basically the same thing. You know, actually, um, I know we're trying to end the episode. There's one very quick thing I want to mention that I read part as part of this whole thing is that the because like he had at some point in his life said like he wanted he had a preference of keeping that robotic voice mm-hmm. because it was distinct as him rather than becoming Siri or something right other people who have similar conditions this same technology that was used for like the JFK thing is also being applied to once you know a certain person can't speak anymore with their their actual voice if you have enough of a library of their voice that you've recorded when they still had a good voice then they could have a similar computer, whatever, text-to-speech thing, but it's in their voice. That's interesting. That's a po- definitely a positive application for this. Um, right. That's really interesting, actually. I never thought about it that. Like, if yeah. someone gets, God forbid, gets ALS later in life and can't speak after a while, or something else catastrophic happens where they can't speak. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And shit, with, with, with how much, you know... Everybody records their every waking moment now with, you know, mm. social media and Twitter and vlogging. You know, we're yeah. going to have a, a generation of people who do have a very heavy digital footprint. I'm curious if, you know, yeah. within the next generation, if that's going to be very easily doable. Yeah. So. You don't know. A, okay, well, there, we ended on a positive because that that's a positive application of this technology. So. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yep, I agree. Yay. Well. Join us next time, listeners, as we take you into another terrifying corner of the world. (laughs) Bye. Bye.